As the Cairo Saka withdrew from the England squad with illness, there is something that would have made his symptoms subside, I'm sure. Sitting down on his sofa in North London to switch on Italy versus North Macedonia and see his enemy Chiellini brought on as a consolation, I'm sure a smile spread across his face. Tommy, your happiness on this pod has been used up in a year. Welcome to the dark days and welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory. I've got a big smile on my face and I am joined by my good friend, Tommaso. Tommy, how are you doing today? <laughs> it's, a, it's a swing <laughs> of feelings. It's... <laughs> It's funny on one side because I have giggled a lot today talking to fellow Italians, um, my doorkeeper, um, the you know the guy at the bar, my students at school. Um, it was it's just so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh. But I just found out that I'm actually pretty angry about it, and I'm gonna try and bring some anger into today's pod. Guys, before we start this funeral of an episode for me, uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at AngloItalianPod and on Twitter at ItalianAngloPod. And uh, if you want to gift an Italian a map of Qatar, you can uh, follow our sponsor at Sports Club Maps. Welcome to episode 53. Of course, we're going to thoroughly analyze what the fuck happened in Palermo last night. Italy's only second defeat in that stadium uh, in over 21 games. And uh, then, luckily, to cheer us up, we have a great interview with podcaster and stand-up comedian Daniele Tinti, who's going to cheer us up a little bit, telling us about his relationship with his club, AS Roma. Rory, should we jump to the Euro review right away? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like we're not ready for a how are you doing chat. It's only going to go to the Italy game, right? Let's just well, go I'll, to I'll, it. I'll just, say, I'll, just say, <laughs> I'll just say that luckily, listeners, luckily, I was hammered last night when I was watching the game. I was at my best friend's sister's graduation party, and luckily, a lot of drinks were had while we were watching the game. So that made it a little less painful. I also want to quickly say before we go to the Euro review, we have reached 5,000 downloads. We've surpassed 5,000 downloads. We just want to say again, thank you to everyone who's joined us, who's listening, who's liked, who's shared, who's talked about us, who's come onto the pod. If you're currently listening now, go onto Spotify, click that little segue follow button, give us a rating, tweet about us, and we'll get another 5,000. But thank you, everyone. It honestly means the world. To me, and I'm sure to Tommy as well. No, I don't give a fuck. No, I'm not <laughs> joking. No, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I totally forgot about our our uh, groundbreaking moment this week. But yeah, 5,000 downloads feels good. And they're already up. They're already up there. We're already aiming at uh, the next 5K. But Rory, let's inflate that blimp and fly over <laughs> to south of Italy, Palermo. And here we are all the way down in the south of Italy above the beautiful island of Sicily where last night there was a murder. We all witnessed a murder. It was in front of, what's the capacity? 40,000 people? 50,000 people? It didn't even look that full, man. Like now they're like, I'm going to <laughs> rant about so, oh. so much about Italian football, man. Compared there was to one the other. Section it was empty, I could see. The rest of it looked pretty full, no? I don't know, man. The atmosphere, I saw the highlights for the Portugal-Turkey um, game, and that stadium looked packed. Like, I don't know. We, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But Rory, tell us about your experience. Like, what was your reaction when you saw that goal go in? Of course, guys, we're talking about 
Italy, North Macedonia. Yeah, <laughs> we don't really have to preview it. Um, honestly, I was kind of, the game was so boring. I was watching, I was flicking between Wales against Austria. I had that on the laptop, Italy on the comp- on the TV, um, and I had Twitter on my phone. And I was kind of, I was like, honestly, I was thinking, okay, we've got extra time in the Italy game now. Um, I'm kind of losing focus. And then as I looked up from my phone, I saw the goal go in. I kind of half saw it. And the the real way I told, or I could tell that the goal had gone in was the instant change in tone of the commentators. So the whole way through the game, they'd been like, ah, blah, blah, blah. and then it was just, blah, 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 blah. and it was just so monotone. Everyone stopped talking. It was like all the energy, the atmosphere was just sucked out of my living room, out of the country. It was insane. The commentators just flatlined. I was like, oh, it counts. And my stomach honestly kind of dropped a little bit. Mainly mainly because I was like, oh, fucking hell, another time I'm going to have to watch a World Cup at home in Italy because nobody's going to want to watch it. Um, But then I just started laughing. I just started laughing quite a lot. Look, I'll just tell you, uh, you know how I like to plan in advance. I'm already planning a weekend away when AC Milan win the Scudetto. I'm knocking on wood. I'm like kind of trying to jinx it still. Um, Last night, I got a message from a beautiful Argentinian girl that I met in South America back in the day. And she was like, when are you coming to visit? And I was like, what about this winter? Maybe that's going to be the time that I fly and I go watch Argentina play the World Cup in South America. How sick would that be? That would be pretty sick. That would be pretty sick. I have already said to the boys, we were messaging today, and they were like, oh, Rory, what are you going to do for watching the World Cup in Italy? I was like, well, I'm meant to be in Puglia this Christmas. I was like, but fuck it. If England get anywhere near the final, I'm just flying home for Christmas. There's no oh, way to stop me. Like, no 100%, way. No 100%. way. But Winter before we World get Cup, carried away yeah, with all that, sure. let's actually talk about the game, Tommy. Let's talk about how we got here. Let's start with the game. Right. right. How? So, what are your initial thoughts? Then we can do the kind of the background of how this all happened. But what? So what do you think focus, of the performance? What let, do you think? Let, let's focus on the ninety minutes of football. You're right. Then we're going to get to all the rest. And the spoiler alert: it's a lot. It's going to be like an octopus, <laughs> just like with its tentacles, <laughs> and it's going to look daunting and sound scary, which it is. Um, ninety minutes of football. Ninety minutes of boring football. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that Macedonia would play exactly the way they played. There was no other way they could play. We all know that Goran Panda has retired, their national hero this season. Their best player, arguably, uh, Elmas from uh, Napoli, was injured. And uh, so they they weren't even counting on their two most creative players uh, in their current situation. So we knew that they were going to play with 10 men behind the ball all the time. Um, one thing that very impre- that impressed me a lot about uh, Macedonia was that their goalkeeper barely had no saves. Mm-hmm. A bit was because Italy's shots were just like flying everywhere, but they weren't daunting at all. The other reason is because the defenders were just like there for to like to, to clear every single ball to put their bodies on it. So they had a great, great Mourinho in Barcelona with Inter Milan like game. Mm-hmm. I want to say just like sheer fighting until the 90th minute i have to say that italy looked very unimpressive like very unimpressive like at some points you were i was looking and i was like i am sure that there is an easier way than what you're doing i am no manager i am no scout i am no expert but i was just like i'm sure there is an easier way to get to that goal 
and stick that ball behind it. And as the mule in it, and as the minutes were progressing, you could feel the nervousness of these players that were having a very bad day because only one, according to Rory, we'll get to it, two of them stood out. One of them was Verratti, the one that we agree on. Um, all the others were having an off day, and you could you could really sense that the nervousness was building up and building up and building up. I also thought that it would go to, to overtime, but at that point, I was just like, man, this team, I already had that feeling before the game, but I was like, this team doesn't have it in them. Even if we win this game, we're going to go to Portugal and get raped. Um, and upon watching the highlights just uh, one hour ago, I can confirm that theory that I had. Mm -hmm. um, good luck to Macedonia um, trying to get something out of that game in Portugal. What were your impressions of the game? Yeah, I think Verratti... Also, also, sorry, very sterile possession, just like... Yeah, I think it's one of those classic things where, <clears throat> as a as a football fan, sometimes you look at, like, if you're not able to watch your team playing and you might go onto your football app and you see the possession and you go, oh, we've had more possession, we're definitely playing better. This was testament to the fact that possession definitely doesn't mean you're playing better. Um, it was completely pointless just passing around, plodding, kind of clueless waiting for someone to take responsibility waiting for someone to do something none of the players really stepped up or took responsibility the only player as you said I think that could turn around and with his even head slightly held high and I don't think he's the type that to do this as well all the interviews I've seen afterwards he's been apologizing and saying how much of an embarrassment it is is Marco Verratti now obviously Regular listeners of the pod will know that I like fanboy this guy pretty hard. Like, I'm a little bit obsessed with him. But his performance last night was genuinely outstanding. Now, I've got a few stats to kind of back this up. Um, and it's all under the title, Verratti Propaganda, right? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to be labeled as propaganda. Yeah, these, if these guys ever get to play another World Cup, um, he's going to be 33, as Rory was making me realize earlier. Exactly. Yep. And I, I saw in his limited World Cup experience, he has um, 132 minutes of World Cup experience, three games, no, two games. And of course, one of them, he got an assist against England, <laughs> setting up Marquisio. Um, so he's still, he's still fine time to get an assist. But in this game, he had 100 in it, 118 touches, which is 27 more than the next closest players, Florenzi. He had 87.1% pass completion, 93 passes, highest in the team. Eight key passes, highest in the team. Six dribbles, highest in the team. Five tackles, highest in the team. Completed six out of six long balls. Um, he did everything. I think there was just a moment where I saw him creating a move. He kind of put a ball across. It all fell apart. Macedonia came up the other end, and Verratti was the first player to react. He ran back, tackled, and won the ball back. And I was like, this guy is literally doing it all on his own. If he was in a position that was more able to affect the game directly, because his position mm -hmm. depends yep. on other players making stuff of what he does, yep. right? If he was a striker who put in that shift or an attacking midfielder who put in that shift, maybe he would have had more, an effect, more of an effect on the game. But I think he was unbelievable. Um, and... I tweeted last night, someone needs to give this man some joy because he has played incredibly well for PSG, included in the Champions League, 
and has been knocked out. And now he's played incredibly well for Italy and he's been knocked out. Now, I'm sure he would turn around and say there's more he could have done. He It's a team game, et cetera, et cetera. But this guy needs some luck, man. He needs some players around him that are going to do their jobs. Um, the only other player for me that stood out, and I think it's barely, and maybe this is just because I like him, but I think I saw a few moments where Bastoni, I think he was picking up the ball, doing his inter thing of trying to get forward, trying to make Progressing, some happen. Yeah. I think he was really quite dynamic. Um but they're the only two players where I think maybe you could walk with your head held high. The rest of them, Insigne, Immobile, Berardi, Barella, any of them, I think that were absolutely disgraceful. Um, yeah. I think Immobile, it blows my mind. Again, oh, let's tweeted, start. Let's start. Let's go. I Bye. tweeted last night, he runs like he's got a stitch. Like, you know, he just, he has zero acceleration. He offers nothing if he's not scoring. And I just think, like, the Macedonia strikers kept the Italian defenders busier than he kept the Macedonian defenders. <laughs> like, they they would have had more sweat on their shirts than the Macedonian defenders because he did nothing. And I think even at the Euros, he scored two goals, right? <clears throat> Which is fine, I suppose. But it wasn't a tournament where he stood out. It wasn't a tournament where he was dangerous. He wasn't a tournament where he was one of the big players. I don't know why Mancini continued continued to pick him when we've seen players this year that we've talked about a lot on this pod that have been incredible in Serie A. Players like Raspadori, okay, he played, well, he came on. Uh, players like Skamaka, why he stuck with Immobile, I have no idea why. And I think it's, a, it's one of the many decisions that has cost Italy and Mancini's job, maybe. Um, but what are your thoughts on Immobile? I think I'm just going to say penalty merchant. I really don't rate the guy. <laughs> I really don't All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to start from Immobile and go on a bit of a rant, and then you can interrupt me whenever you want. Like, all right. So let's start from Immobile. If this summer at the Euros was not a warning, a massive warning of we need a striker, we need a striker, we need a striker. I don't know what it is. The fact that we won it in the end is quite unbelievable. Um, we've, we were talking about it earlier. This name will pop up during the interview too. Spinazzola, ever since he got injured, um, everything kind of fell apart for Italy. And after he got injured, our games, even at the Euros, were not that great. Mm -hmm. against... The drop-off was insane. The drop yeah, the drop-off was, was pr pretty big. And against Spain, we got pretty lucky. Against mm -hmm. England, I have to say it was a pretty even game, but it would have been no scandal if England had won that penalty shootout. So the form fell. After that, you play against Bulgaria, 1-1. You play against Switzerland, 0-0. You play against Lithuania and you get to smile a little bit, 5-0. And then you lose to Spain, win to Belgium, draw to Switzerland again, draw to Northern Ireland and lose to Macedonia. Now, there are quite a few games between that England game and this one. I'm going to say the exact number, seven games in which you have all the time in the world, rather than complaining to Syria, we need to more time to organize the training camp. We need more time. It's not fair. You just do some work and you try and give the responsibility to younger, talented players 
of the likes of Skamaka. I do not fucking understand why Skamaka wasn't even called up for the game. He wasn't mm-hmm. even on the bench. Why wasn't? Now, this is not a young player, but I'm just going to mention him now because I think he has the fire that is required for these games because of his history, because of what the Italy shirt means to him. Mario Balotelli, what? Mm-hmm. Why, why is there Joao Pedro, and we're going to get there too, on the Italy bench, and there is no Skamaka? and no Zaniolo, and no Balotelli. I really do not get this. I think Balotelli with a point to prove is a scary Balotelli, right? I think if you throw him on for the last 10 minutes, he's going to be like, all he'll see is his name on the front pages and be yeah. like, right, I am doing this, right? I, I think that's exactly what I mean. He would have, he would have at least piss someone off and got sent off. He would have done something, right? Whereas João Pedro coming on was just basically waving the white flag and being like, okay, this is the best we can do, guys, but you can ride this one out. Like, and if you can argue that seven games, maybe, okay, do we want to play into that logic? Okay, seven games is not that much of time to make big changes in everything. What about four years? Because when we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, that was a shocker in Italy, mm-hmm. like way bigger than this time. I was in the US at the time, ready to fly out to South America but the reports from my friends were just like, today the city is empty. I wouldn't be surprised if people weren't showing up to work. That was a real shocker. This time around, it's the second time it happens. And that there is that like funny thing of like, oh my God, we are at Nicaragua national team levels. Like if we were to play Nicaragua this afternoon, I don't think we would win comfortably. But what about the four years? What happened in these four years when you don't qualify for a World Cup and you have time to rebuild, Right. You appoint a new manager. The manager is Mancini, and he starts doing well. Mancini was appointed, though, also because he has a part. He was a young player when he started, mm-hmm. and he has a particular attitude of finding young players and giving them more responsibility. He's the one who gave Balotelli a career, pretty much. He gave mm-hmm. the kickstart to Balotelli's career. Now, I I feel like, and I'm. It's the first time that I say it out loud, but it's a thought that I have. He had all these brilliant ideas. This plan of like rejuvenating Italian football and then he by as as the time passed he became yet another member of the Italian national team which like a lot of institutions it's in Italy it's very rooted to the past Mm -hmm. to the tradition and he kind of like bought into that well we did win the Euros with Immobile up front and he does score a lot for Lazio so I'm just gonna start him while Mm -hmm. what we needed I feel like And I want to say that as a teacher, I kind of noticed that too, that in Italy especially, I've done plenty of interviews when I was young, and there is always that thing of not wanting to give the opportunity or the responsibility to youngsters. To the point that when you read the Italian newspaper, this is a very interesting thing. You will read like about, I don't know, a car accident. Muore un ragazzo di 37 anni. A boy of 37 years. Ragazzo means like, dude, boy. You know, it's not a man. It's not uomo. We have this thing that until a certain age, you cannot do certain things. And you know that thing of like when they you're 21 years old and you go do your first interview and they ask you if you've got any previous experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, my yeah. CV, it says that I graduated yesterday. I do not have any, any experience. <laughs> yeah. In Italy, that thing is even more and more and more. Um, we need... So, Scamacca, a player like Scamacca, the season that he's having at, uh, at Sassuolo, a player like Raspadori, a player like even Frattesi or something. I'm not saying that he should have started them all, but give Scamacca an opportunity. This guy has something to prove. Like, he's a new name in Italian football. This is his opportunity to be on the newspaper, to have his 
his picture of him pointing at the name on his back with the Italy shirt. He can enter history. Immobile, arguably, that isn't fighting for much. He doesn't even know how we won a Euros. He doesn't even know how he gets that many penalties. He doesn't even know how he's up there. He's become very arrogant. He often posts on Instagram about like his numbers and shit. Like mm-hmm. this guy doesn't care anymore. I'm not, that's a little too much, but we need something new. We need to rejuvenate this environment. Well, this is, uh, and this is something we were saying that after the Euros, which was an incredible achievement, and we don't want to be too revisionist about it. Like, it was great to win that tournament. That team had some 100%. great games, some great moments, some great goals. But I think that tournament should have, and also, this needs to be said, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But I think at the time, we probably even said that as well, as good as this tournament has been, it maybe needs to be a time for some of these players to move on, like the Chiellinis, the Benucci's, some of these players that have they've had a few, they've seen a few winters, right? Maybe it's time for them to move on and let this young team come in. And it was the perfect opportunity to blend the kind of youth with some of the experience, but it just wasn't done. And like another player that we can mention who wasn't really brought in Zaniolo again, not having a fantastic season with Roma, but a player that if you bring him on, you know, he's going to do something. He can throw him anywhere. Just say you run across that entire front three and you can just do a job anywhere. I think Mancini really, he, he didn't experiment and he was conservative and it's kind of ironic because the way he won or the way Italy won the Euros was when Mancini changed something and Southgate didn't and England didn't react and Italy won. And in this time, Mancini hasn't changed. He hasn't experimented. He hasn't looked at the form that you talked about and seen that there's a problem going. He hasn't made that change. And now he's lost. And it's kind of like the the, the, the circle's been completed almost. And I think it's a really... Look, it's going to be... a a matter of days before his his job is announced, right? It's 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 oh, a matter of when, I was, not if, right? I was to rejuvenate the environment a little bit. Uh, I just read that Pirlo, who is one of the possible names for the for the job. I look, I'm I'm just like the names aren't exciting. The names aren't exciting. But with Pirlo, before we we have seen that maybe he wasn't doing as bad a job as everyone said he was yeah, at Juve. True. Right, maybe he wasn't doing as badly as people thought. Maybe he did get a bit too much of a kick in. But I, yeah, the names I saw were Ranieri, Pirlo, and Cannavaro. And Cannavaro has only coached in China, and Ranieri would be living off that Leicester thing, which look a great achievement. But I think the squad did more than Ranieri did. Um, he didn't qualify Greece. But... He didn't qualify Greece for an international tournament against the Faroe Islands. Um, Ranieri. Sorry, when I was making that joke about Pirlo as the one who would rejuvenate mm-hmm. the environment, the name that I really wanted to mention because I just read it on the newspaper was Ranieri. I wanted to say Ranieri doesn't sound like the name to rejuvenate the environment. Pirlo doesn't simply sound very exciting. No, no. A Cannavaro, like Lippi, it would be Cannavaro with Lippi on his side, but like Lippi on his second stand, on his second stand at Italy. He didn't get through the group the stage, group stage with right? New Zealand, Paraguay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Slovakia at South Africa 2010. Um, yeah. I've just read, by the way, crazy stat. I'm just going to drop it in there. In the last 20 years, Italy have played six World Cup games in total, two group stages. Um, look, about this is going to be the ending of my rant. Something, all right, I'll start from this story. 
I went uh, to Amsterdam back in the day with my girlfriend at the time, um, and we actually flew into Brussels, so spent a few days there, and then went to Amsterdam, or the other way around. I don't remember. <laughs> but we got a coach between Brussels and Amsterdam. And I never, this one thing about me, when I'm traveling and I'm getting a bus, a car, I never like to sleep when I'm abroad. I want to see what's outside. And as a football fan, one thing that I noticed, both in Belgium and in the Netherlands, was the amount of football pitches that there were around. Good quality football pitches. Good quality, like, little stadiums for mm -hmm. every little town. Between two towns, there would be a training facility. Between another two towns with only fields and windmills, another two football pitches. And always kids playing and playing and playing. Um, I want to thank, I don't know the details, but I want to thank that, well, economically they do better than us down here in Mediterranean Europe. They have more money. But I want to mm -hmm. think that it's like the National Football Association that makes sure that that happens, that every uh, small town has the, their local football reality. And there mm -hmm. are scouts all over the place. And we see it with Ajax, plenty of youngsters from the Netherlands, from different towns and everything. In Italy, I dare you to take a bus and go through Italy or a car. You will see a lot of football pitches, but a lot are in terrible conditions. Mm -hmm. If you follow some Instagram pages about lower Italian football leagues, they play. It looks like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but it looks like we're playing in a third world country with yeah, like yeah. mud all over the place. And you will see pictures of like players getting injured. And do you think at that stadium there is like a scout of the Italian national team? <laughs> Clearly not. So no. a revolution needs to be done of the whole system. This had to be done four years ago. We needed to mm -hmm. sit down. Um, and really have a talk about how we can improve our footballing system. The problem with Italy is that we have a winning history without organization. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> we have a winning history out of uh, sheer moments. You know, the, mm -hmm. even the dynasties of Italian football didn't last that long. Um, and the, the dynasties won relatively little. There is, I want to say that there is no dynasty that won two international tournaments. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't the, think so. Maybe one with, with maybe the one Euro, with Euros World Cup, but I'm not sure. A few yeah. players maybe in that squad. I'm yeah. not sure. I would have to double check. But so a revolution needs to be done. And there is a man, and I was so happy that Rory brought it up off mic earlier because it's something that I had read about and I had listened to an interview with him about. And he just said this thing was never really listened to. And right now I just kind of put it in my drawer. We're talking about Roberto Baggio. Roberto Baggio in the early 2000s, when he, after he retired, he took yeah. some time off. He went to South America on his own. He wanted to like kind of find himself after his incredible career, all the injuries that he had had. And then when he came back, he wrote a 900-page proposal for FIGC, Federazione Italiana Gioco Calcio. That's our FA. He wrote this thesis of 900 pages. I want to think that it wasn't written in Comic Sans 64. <laughs> yeah, it must have been pretty <laughs> fucking detailed. Yeah. And what he said in this interview that I watched, it was just like, it was a proposal to completely review the entire Italian football system. Mm -hmm. And when the interviewer asked him, what do you mean the entire? He, with his hand, he does like this to his side. He's like, from the very little ones up to the national team. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like... Those, Roberto Baggio has got this aura. Like Roberto Baggio, I want to say that he's much smarter than most yeah. footballers out yeah. there. He's he's a different person. He's, he's a different not a person. football. Like he's a person who's good at football, very good at football. But he's not he's not defined by being a footballer, right? His 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 relationship with Italy and the national team is so fascinating. Like because 
I, I think you mentioned it again off mic, the fact that he's like a Buddhist and this kind of different guy just, I think, means that nobody listens to him. But he's quite obviously like a very, very, very intelligent man. And he knows football. Guys, you all have a Netflix account. There is this uh, mm -hmm. new show called uh, Una Semplice Domanda, a simple question. Have you watched the first episode, Rory? I've not seen it, no. I've all right, it. it's all right. I think it's a little cheesy. Um, the, the, the whole premise of the show, Alessandro Catalan is the host and is this very ah, famous. Okay, yeah, the missus has said we need... I, it might be Friday night's viewing, I'll be honest. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, by the way, we're recording pretty much live. It's Friday and you're listening to us, <laughs> hopefully on a Friday. But I watched the first episode and basically his, his daughter asks him, Dad, Dad, how do you find happiness in life? And he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to start on this trip and interview big names and try to hear what they have to say. And the first episode is with Roberto Baggio. Oof. It's interesting. It's honestly fascinating the life that this guy is leading and he's doing welding work on his own. He lives in the countryside nice. near Vicenza. It's beautiful. Oh, what but when he speaks, when he speaks, there is this aura of like, this is yeah. a very intelligent man. And I want to say, Rory, maybe we should go as Angry Time Pod and knock at his door and like give us the proposal. Let us page through it. Just let me read it. I really want to read it. I, I really want to read, want to read it. it. Yeah. And as a lot of things that make sense and that are well planned out and well thought i want to this old old man at fiji cheating like i don't know this guy you know Bajo is like that he's very ambitious he wants to change everything uh, he's not you know like and nobody fucking listened to the guy look i honestly he doesn't they don't talk about the penalty in the in the episode but that penalty that he missed against brazil i think that changed his life mm -hmm. and he was just like what the fuck happened there like how can i be ballon d'or and like miss a penalty like that like how can i be one of the best players in the world and i think that that pushed him to really reconsider everything and i want to think that that 900 page proposal for fiji chi was his way of saying i've never gotten over my mistake Please, I apologize with something that could change our history forever. And I don't even want to be credited for it. I give it to you. Mm -hmm. Never yeah, listen to yeah, it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think it, it, look, like, it, it could also, the proposal could also be utter nonsense. But with it being bad joke, I highly doubt it, right? And I think it should at least have been read. It should have been acknowledged. It should have been considered. And I think... Look, countries have had these moments in the past, right? Germany had losing 5-1 to England. Um, France had that absolute, well, the two World Cups in a row that were complete disasters. England had several tournaments where we realized we have to review how we bring through players and how we produce these things. Even countries like Iceland that came from nowhere. Okay, more recently, stories have come out there that are utterly horrific. But some of the systems they set up there created an incredible team. Um, like, it is possible, but it needs to be a moment of awakening for Italy. The only thing that worries me, as you said, with Italian institutions is that you take your inspiration from the Vatican, which moves at the same rate as tectonic plates. Um, institutes yes. do not move here. Um, I think... It's, it's concerning for Italian football. It's concerning. But I think also there needs to be a, a... We need to also say that the talent is there in Italy. There are players that are coming through. There are promising, exciting young players. They just need to be given opportunities at a national level. They get opportunities in Serie A. Like the, the home... The domestic bias in Serie A is pretty heavy. Like there are a lot of Italian players that play in Serie A. Very few Italian players play anywhere else. Um... 
So I think the opportunities are there. It just needs to be reviewed how the national team is built um, and how even like from the under-21s, the under-19s, the under-18s, how effective those teams are. Um, and getting coaches like... So even with England, the fact that Gareth Southgate coached the under-21s before he coached the full team, things like that, just simple things can have these big effects. And like maybe looking at a country like Spain, like they came from being a, a nation that were the perennial under like underachievers, just always, oh, Spain could do something, but they never did. I imagine their GDP is fairly similar and their budget is fairly similar to Italy. The temperature is like the climate is similar, like, but they've managed to create these like a, a consistent conveyor belt now of players. Like it's not just one generation, it's a few now. And I think Italy needs to take a look at themselves because they are falling way behind other European teams. And I'm going to include England in that. And no, 100%. And I'll agree with you on this one. Um, we, we, we do have talent, but we don't have that sheer talent that the England national team, the France national team, mm -hmm. the Spanish national team have these Pedris, these Baka Yosakas, mm -hmm. these, well, France, pff, you can go. Off, yeah, yeah. Well, you know? We've only, we've only got, we've only got half an hour, Tommy. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I know, man. I know, man. I, we could go on forever, but it's just like there is this thing. We were talking about it off mic. You read it so much on Italian newspaper, but like, is this center back going to perform? He's so young and scared. Well, we're going to put Chiellini next to him because he's the veteran. He's going to yell at him. Why don't you give two young center backs the possibility to play alongside? I was telling you, I think that when you wear the shirt of one of the most successful international teams in the world, once you don't track, you both don't track a forward that scores a goal against Italy. I think that at that point, you're kind of going to look back at the Nestas, Cannavaros, Chiellini's, Bonucci's, and you're going to be like, okay, are we going to be two fools or are we going to be those guys? And then mm -hmm. you figure it out. So let's give opportunities to young people. Scamacca, man. We, all right, I'll make that little joke that I made off mic. Try to think of Chiro Immobile banging his wife. I, his wife is so hot, by the way. I don't think that guy puts any passion into their <laughs> love act. But think about a skamaka, you know? Tattoos all the way up his chin, like his father is an alcoholic, his grandpa is a, <laughs> like he's got this rage. Like you put this guy in there and this like his father is gonna tell him if you don't fucking score, if you don't qualify Italy for the World Cup, I'm gonna get out of jail and find you. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it's I, I want to imagine his Kamaka's father as Max dad. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. tattoos. It's like I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna make your life horrible. <laughs> so I want to think he's that type of guy. Let's give youngsters a chance and let's give people with a ideas a chance let's get rid of all these old men that lived in another age and time let's take a look as italians we think that we're perfect we've got everything working when everything is is you know that meme of the guy with dog with the everything's fine everything's fine as long as i'm not <laughs> burning with the rest of the home everything is fine let's put the pride aside look at other national team models belgium england france and I've seen even people like just put it down to, which is a very true thing. 
France has got an incredible amount of talent that comes from all over the world. And that was second generation immigrants. They were born with the French citizenship. Some people put it down to, oh, yeah, if we had had colonies, man, I don't think like number one, I'm very <laughs> glad. Very dangerous. Yeah, I don't like it. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad we, did, we sucked and our army got defeated by a bunch of people with bows and arrows. True story. <laughs> Look it up. And at the same time, I want to think that even if we had had that immigration, we, our system wouldn't have found the Mbappes, mm -hmm. the N'Golo Kantes. They, we wouldn't, our history, our footballing history wouldn't be that different. We've got a na nation of kids who play football. Let's yeah. fucking look at it, establish a system that can spot the talent, grow it. And now we've got another five years to think about it. My students at school today, they said, Prof, I'm 16 years old. When Italy played the last World Cup, I was uh, two, uh, no, I was eight. And the next time, maybe I will see them play a World Cup, I will be 20. Like 12 years without international football, that's a long time. And when, when Cannavaro lifted that World Cup, it was such a feeling for me. I was just like, then this shit can happen. Like, it's not stuff that belongs to my dad's stories. Like, this no. shit can happen and maybe it will happen again. Like, maybe it gets addictive. And after that, you go to two World Cups and you get out at the group stage and then you don't qualify for two consecutive ones. While you see all these other generations, they've all these other national teams, they've gone through like their winning thing, the down years, and now they're up again on the rise. And this World Cup is going to be exciting because I we're going to get to the other games. I, I mean, some of the teams that are going to play, like mm -hmm. the Brazil team just looks... 2002 levels of excitement. It's, it's insane. That Brazil team, Mar I just had to quickly say, Martinelli coming on for Brazil last night, I felt like a proud dad seeing him come also, on. It also, was insane. Why, also, why does it have Joao Pedro that gets the Italian citizenship and not fucking Martinelli? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. why? Why not Martinelli? There was, there was a lot of people that passed up on Martinelli. A lot of clubs passed up on him. Um, like, I think before we before we actually move on, I think you know that I, I am a big fan of lower league football. I enjoy lower league football. The the lack of um, facilities and investment in lower league football in Italy is depressing. Like yeah. once you get beyond, and even in Serie B, but once you get beyond Serie B, it is national league level like in england would be the equivalent it is like even i would even say national league probably has better facilities and better maintained pitches and better audience um better like um attendances atmosphere yeah it is like i i feel the but the attitude as a whole in italy towards lower league football is like why would i give a shit they're a terrible team and that's it. <laughs> but you need those levels. You need those levels to be good and to be competitive and to be at a good standard for the rest of it to go. You can't just have a top division, the rest underfunded, and expect for these players to come up. Like, it's not only players like, you know, Jamie Vardy gets the headlines, but there are plenty of players in England, in the England squad now. Ben White has played in League Two. Like, you can go, Tyrone Mings has played in the lower leagues. A lot of those players in the squad now have played through those lower divisions and kind of earned earned their stripes and those lower leagues have been at a decent level they've been decently coached they've been watched they've kind of got used to the crowds increasing and kind of growing into that pressure growing into the all of that is needed for that it's like an ecosystem right all of it is needed and i think for the i just can't see the figc actually investing at that point no, man Fiji is ridiculous i'm just gonna say one last thing about this 
Italy thing, I can, like, I don't want to brag about the fact that I'm a teacher, that I work in schools and stuff, but you worked in Italian schools too. And it's so apparent that Italian schools need a reform. They've been needing a reform no, for insane. so long. Guys, yeah. the, our school system was, you know, there is that joke of, like, nostalgic people about, like, fascism that says, ah, oh, but Mussolini did a lot of good things. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very stupid argument because then yeah. it was fucking nutcase. But... The, our school system right now is the one that was established by Mussolini. Mussolini did a very big school reform because mm -hmm. half of Italy was they couldn't speak or write. There wasn't even the language wasn't even really mm -hmm. one. There were all these dialects and everything. He made this school reform. Where I want to say it was 100 years ago that he made it. Where in 2022 <laughs> things have changed. The most. Why am I talking about this right now? Because when I, I had the luck to study abroad in the United States, and with all the flaws that that country has, one thing they thrive on, and they and it's exciting to be a part of, is sports. And yeah, this yeah, is a yeah. thing that you do the sports at school in in Italy at the, the school where I'm working right now. It's an high school. You have a lot of students who are, they play tennis, they do yeah. fencing and stuff. And I see their struggle to cope with the school and the sport mm -hmm. that they are very good at. And there is always that thing of, at some point, you got to choose either yeah. your education or sports. Look, Italian, today there was a big protest in, in Milan, Fridays for Future. They blocked the street. And it was beautiful to see kids with the signs of their schools. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in Italy, especially in big cities, Milan, Rome, Schools have a very strong identity. Oh, I go to Volta, and people who yeah. go to Volta, they're a certain type. People who go to Manzoni, another type. And I'm thinking about this as I'm speaking. How exciting would it be to organize an inter-school football tournament? And if you do this thing all over Italy, you start... Educazione Fisica, PE in yeah, Italy, yeah, is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's just, they give them balls and they're just like, figure it out, like play, catch. <laughs> Go play run around for an hour. Yeah, play yeah, volleyball. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. girls are always sitting on the side, like with their phones, and a few dudes are playing football, but there is no structure behind it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. why don't we start understanding that sports are not a thing for ignorant people sports are a beautiful no. thing they can we besides like being able to give an opportunity to people who don't have it because of the, the environment that they were born in they can give so much they it's so exciting when a country wins something and we all feel united mm -hmm. let's give the sports the recognition that they deserve let's put it in the school curriculum let's put a little less stress on subjects such as greek latin and <laughs> philosophy that are very important look i i think they're part of our history and I feel very proud as an Italian. Sometimes when people that are more knowledgeable about philosophy than I am, they will speak about Schopenhauer and shit. And I yeah, don't know yeah. much about it, but I have some recollections from school. And I'm glad that my school gives me that. But the pressure that I see on these kids to learn the history of Schopenhauer and what he said, things of 300 years ago, let's balance it out with a little bit of fun, yeah. with a little bit of, I think that each one of you has got a talent in a sport or in the arts. That fits yeah, into it doesn't even just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like Italy... Italy's schools are about theoretical learning. Let's put a little bit of exciting practice in there. Like in my school in the United States, and then I'll shut the fuck up. It was a theater course, and it was yeah, so yeah. fucking exciting. And it was organized by the students, and it was amazing. And then there was an art class, and there was the photography class. You start giving people real-life tools besides all these theoretical learning. And I think that sports is part of that. Done. It's turned into a rant about Italy, and I think it's fair. But this is when you see, like, when people turn around and go, oh, sports needs to stay out of politics or sports needs to stay out of, like, it is part of society. It is intrinsic. It is key. It is, like, 
so key to the happiness of a country, to the happiness of its people, to the productivity, like to the productivity, it is a key part of society. So I think, look, you can, and I think actually it's applicable, all of that, because it shows the national psyche of Italy and how things work in this country. And I think for people who maybe who are listening, who don't live in Italy and don't understand or don't know a lot about the kind of Italian mentality, I think maybe that there's a bit of a look in the window there because the school system is fucked. <laughs> like, if you, if you, is want, to, if you want to find out, guys, it's not very hard. It's actually a social experiment. You can do it whenever you want. Um, just come to Italy and uh, try to get your papers as a foreigner in Italy. Oh. You, Rory, can you <laughs> vouch for this? Like, good luck. You have to arm yourself with a lot of patience and to say, I'm not going to yell at anybody today. Today, I'm just yeah. going like, to follow the instructions, realize that they don't make any sense, go to 10 different offices, that experience, or even they say in Italy, we often say going to the post office. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's it's a very good example of how things in Italy work. It's so old and like technology has been introduced very recently, but like ooh, it's kind of like I prefer to do things on paper, you know. Like it's me so and the mi- like me and the missus now have a joke that she's basically just my secretary because whenever it comes to like paperwork or anything like that, I'm just like. Tears, can you do it? Because I do not have the patience, and you know how this system works. Like it is a nightmare. But it's time. Look, we've made it forty-five minutes of Italy rant. It's been beautiful, but we need to give recognition to the other football teams that played. And here, I'm going to Rory. One last thing about Italy. I just want to very quickly say the guy who scored, uh, Tchaikovsky. Palermo legend scoring in Palermo Stadium. Just an extra little bit of icing on the cake there. Yeah, had already scored against Italy, and he scored only one goal for his club in three years. And that's how we're going to wrap it up. I'm well, going to introduce this fantastic game. Goal. Good work. I'm going to yeah, fantastic goal. No, honestly, shout out to Macedonia for just mm-hmm. like putting their teeth out there and like fighting until the end. That was a hail mary type shot. Just like shoot it, it's going to go in. Donnarumma, maybe a few responsibilities, but it was a great goal, nonetheless. I'm going to introduce this game and let Rory go because I know he wants to talk about it. The energy that was lacking in the Inter-Italy, sorry, Macedonia game was definitely not lacking. Wales-Austria game. See, showing a definition of top bins and also the second goal by Gareth Bale. Leave me alone. What a game. I'm so happy for the guy. I've always been a Gareth Bale fan because I don't hate Tottenham. So since the Tottenham <laughs> days, uh, it was beautiful to see him score in the Champions League final. It was sad to see how everything fell off at Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. These guys played three minutes of Champions League football this year. But when he turns up for the national team, armband, ready to go. What a player, Gareth Bale. It just unbelievable, unbelievable. If he was like, if I was Welsh, I would be in love with Gareth Bale. I cannot imagine how much Welsh people love him. He is like, it's classic a player that grabbed the game by the scuff of the neck and went, right, we're in it, we're winning this bloody thing. And look, Wales played really well. Austria had their chances, they hit the crossbar, but obviously Bale opened the scoring with a free kick. It was a really unlucky own goal from Rodon that leveled the scores, but then that second goal from Bale was like classic bail that was vintage bail the way he just like shifts it onto his foot and just smashes it beautiful goal they are now into the next round wales haven't qualified for a world cup since i want to say 1954 so it would be huge for them to get there they've got a chance they have got a chance um 
But of course, as always with Gareth Bale, whenever he plays, it turns into Spanish media getting very, very angry with him and Real Madrid fans crying. Um, now, obviously, when he was at Tottenham, I wasn't a big fan of Bale at all. Um, but since leaving Tottenham, I've actually become a bit of a fan of him. Um, and I, I really enjoy the fact that now he's just like, he accepts that his relationship with the Spanish papers is never going to be good again. He has no reason to make it to make it better or to want to make it better and they just keep calling him out and a lot of it is really most of it is really unfair um very unfair and that is why he comes out and does these whale uh, wales golf madrid kind of things which just makes me love him even more um but an absolute icon arguably now the greatest Welsh footballer of all time. You could probably say John Charles, Ryan Giggs, maybe in that conversation, but I think Gareth Bale is probably head and shoulders above them now. And yeah, Wales into the next round. The other games, Sweden won 1-0 in extra time. Um, what were the other games, Tommy? I've only really paid attention to Italy. Portugal, Turkey. Portugal, Turkey was an incredible game from what I saw on the highlights with that always be I was watching it since it was a very long video with the 1.25 speed and it was this Arabic commentary it was frantic like <laughs> but I'm um, man what an atmosphere what a game um the the two goals I'm going to pull up the uh, the goal scorers because I don't remember them the first two goals came from Otavio and Jota 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 header it's just like textbook header, just like yeah. to the near post. Maybe the goalkeeper, the Turkish goalkeeper, could have done a little bit better. But what I loved about this game, it's that Turkey didn't give up. And actually in the second half, they almost turned things around with their legend, Burak Ilmaz, scoring at the 65th minute. And then given the opportunity 20 minutes later to even and level out the score with a penalty, he shot it over the crossbar. And seeing him in the post-game, press conference was just like got to be tearing up a little bit I was yeah like, oh, it was man. rough kamal friend of the show uh sent a picture from turkey of someone shooting their tv once oh, i saw that <laughs> and the tv blowing up it was just like what? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. but man this portugal team like there was intensity on the two sides but it felt like when this portugal team was attacking they had just so many fucking options their lineup is kind of scary midfield with fernandes mutin Silva and up front Otavio who's having a very good season at Porto mm -hmm. Ronaldo and Jota and Ronaldo goes under the radar so you know that they also have that weapon ready to fire whenever they want I want to think that Portugal are going to win very comfortably against Macedonia in the final despite Macedonia having put a lot of respect on their name by defeating the likes of Germany and mm -hmm. Italy but I think and look the reason why I'm not all the way mad that we didn't qualify is that because I think it would have been detrimental for the World Cup show like that Italy team does not look very competitive I'd rather have this Portugal team advance and just show show th that show that we all want to see at a World Cup um, so the next games now are going to be Poland Sweden Portugal North Macedonia and Wales to Scotland, I want to say, what's going on with Ukraine? Ukraine are definitely not playing the tie, right? So, it was postponed. I'm just going through to the fixtures now. Yeah, it just has Wales as Scotland slash Ukraine. They're still deciding what is going to happen there, I suppose. Um, the Ukrainian players, including Yarmolenko, have said they want to play. Um, they want it to be decided on the pitch, as it should be. So, 
as far as I'm aware, nothing confirmed yet. So Wales may have to wait until after the season is done, maybe. Who knows how, literally, who knows? Nobody knows. Um, but that's us for in Europe, I think, right? Sorry, before we move on to other continents, how did that slip in my mind? Fuck you, Jorginho, third best player in the world, missed the two penalties that would have sent us to the World Cup. That skip, I was talking about it last year on the pod. I was like, that skip is going to yeah. fuck us over at some point. Yeah, you called it. You Euro did call final. it. It wasn't at the Euro final. Well, he did miss it. He Euro missed final. it, yeah. He missed He'd it. Miss it. Fuck you, Jorginho. Damn it. Why couldn't it be Martinelli and but Jorginho and João Pedro? I don't know. <laughs> but let's move to South America where Jorginho should have kept playing football <laughs> instead of coming. To... No, I'm joking. I like Jorginho quite a bit. But... It's Just getting... not at the moment. Just not at the moment. Exactly. It's uh, Everything is ready to go in South America as Brazil, Argentina, undefeated still in the qualifications. Ecuador and Uruguay have all successfully qualified for the World Cup. There is only one place to be decided. That's the fifth spot that will, that will go to the intercontinental uh, playoff. And it's going to be a fight tonight between Chile, Colombia, and Peru. Peru are sitting fifth with 21 points, and they're going to take on Paraguay. Now, Paraguay are way, way down, despite having won their last game 3-1 against Ecuador. Then we've got Colombia on sixth place, possibly with the easiest fixture of them all, playing Venezuela in one of those eye-crossing We've got the same flag type of moments. <laughs> yeah. um, they are bottom. They've won only three games. So it should be a pretty comfortable win for Colombia. And Chile have gotten battered from Brazil last night for nil. I think there were a few controversial refereeing decisions. And now they're going to have to face Uruguay, who have already qualified. But I don't think that in South America they go for to favor like their their opponents right so i want to see that uruguay are going to put up a fight and in the end i want to say that colombia is going to go through um but peru also have a pretty easy tie it's sad mm-hmm. for our chilean friends and it was sad this morning when i got a text from one of my chilean friend telling me italy and chile same destiny i was like yeah <laughs> that's beautiful how are you doing bud um but yeah man it's a dog fight in south america and i just want to say that number one the brazil kit looks sick very oh. old school and their team just looks beautiful um everything that they did in that game except for a half neymar dive was beautiful Junior scores a beautiful, beautiful goal. And the player that really stood out for me for what I saw in the highlights was Antonio from Ajax. What oh, man, that guy. Great, He's great being linked player. to Liverpool and it absolutely terrifies me. Anthony, sorry. Anthony, yeah, that guy. Absolutely. He is a Liverpool player all over. Yeah, also, absolutely also player. absolutely love the the dyed hair, the dyed blonde hair. Super sick, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And the the final goal was by Richarlison, of course. Well, in that intercontinental playoff, they will be facing or could be facing Australia, who lost two nil to Japan. Um, two late goals from I want to get the name right, uh, Motamino. God, I hope I haven't just made up a Japanese name. I think I have. <laughs> um, Mitoma, close. Two late goals in the 89th and 94th minute mean that Japan have qualified for the next World Cup. Australia will be going into those playoffs. 
but I'm going to quickly fly us over or down to Africa, where the qualifiers, the first legs of the playoffs, are now taking place as we speak. Um, Dr. Congo and Morocco have drawn 1 1, goals from Wissa and Tissoudali. At the moment, it's half time between Cameroon and Algeria. Algeria winning 1 0 through Slimani. So, friend of the show, Dean Ami, will be very happy for now. As he keeps saying on Twitter, Algeria could be massive. Um, and then it's also half time in Mali, Tunisia, where it is 1 0 to Tunisia, a Sissako own goal. Later this evening, you may know the, the result, or you could be watching it right now. We have Egypt taking on Senegal, massive game. Ooh. And the biggest game as like one of the biggest rivalries in Africa easily, Ghana taking on Nigeria. Now, there's one of the first things I learned about African football through African football Twitter was how much Ghana and Nigeria absolutely banter each other constantly. They're always talking about who makes the best jol off. It is constantly <laughs> bantering each other. Big rivalry. I think that's going to be a massive game. Nigeria missing Ndidi through injury, which could be a big one, but that is a game to definitely keep your eye on. I think I'm going to be watching that tonight. The missus is going to be delighted. Well, I'm done with football. <laughs> I'm done with football for a hot second. Let's fly over to North America, where there are two games left to be played. We've got a lot of listeners in the United States. Incredible numbers. Triple digits listeners in the United States. And last night, they drew to Mexico. Nil-nil. Their next games are going to be against Panama on Monday and Costa Rica on Thursday. Those are the last two games. How is I the need to looking? say quickly, I need to say quickly that Gio Reyna run last night was unbelievable. There was a moment where he just kept hold of the ball for what felt like half an hour, beat about five uh, beat about five players. It was that guy's gonna be a hell of a player. Gio Reyna, what a guy. So Canada are sitting top of the table with 25 points, followed by United States and Mexico with 22, and Costa Rica sitting at the fourth intercontinental playoff spot with 19. A lot to play for mm -hmm. still. I want to say that the United States and Mexico will qualify directly, but we will see. The United States seem able to win, draw, lose any of them, depending on if they are playing on below 35-degree weather or not <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah there's a there's a lot of choice there's a lot of choice you can pick any climate you like yeah, yeah, yeah. you literally have your choice guys just pick the the good one any anything else cover international football rory i think that's it i think that is it we've picked apart italy we've done the bare minimum of other games i think that's it. exactly <laughs> i hope guys i really hope this wasn't scripted we just kind of went on a rant but i i just wanted to point out all the things that are involved into this revolution that needs to happen in italian football because i do mm -hmm. think that all these things are linked to each other and if you are a lover of the beautiful country you might want to stay on actually you definitely want to stay on definitely. we've got a great interview coming up you're going to hear about rome you're going to hear of course about totti and the roma you're going to hear about taking dumps at the stadium yeah and uh, in the end there's going to be a very interesting moment pokemon and the world dictators Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our weekly topic. I am here with Rory, of course, and we are delighted and excited to have here with us today Italian podcaster, comedian, Roma fan, 
but nonetheless, Europea striker, Mr. Daniele Tinti. Welcome, Daniele. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor, I have to say. Really? Why is it an honor? Let's put you on the spot right away. <laughs> no, because uh, the Anglo-Italian pod, when I, when I told my friends I was coming here, they were like, wow, what? The Anglo-Italian pod and Kashmir, uh, the, same, uh, the same weekend. It's amazing, uh, Daniele. Your career is going up. <laughs> <laughs> finally, we're getting the respect we deserve. It's good to hear, Tommy. We're finally getting it. So Daniele, is a, I know him, I, started, I discovered him as a stand-up comedian, that I discovered his podcast, Tintoria, and uh, today, on this very Friday, he's the guest in two different podcasts, Italy's number one podcast, Kashmir, and Italy's number two podcast, The Anglo-Italian Pod. So yeah. what a Friday for you. Two in the double. Big Friday, big Friday. <laughs> big Friday. How are you doing, uh, Daniele? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yes, I have to, I have to say I'm, I'm good. What's the weather like in Rome today? Beautiful, beautiful. Spring started and uh, it's nice. It's nice warm weather. Yes. Where are you, where are you guys? Uh, we are in Milan. We are in the second capital of Italy. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful day here too today. You could uh, honestly, it feels like Rome almost. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I, I have to ask you, because I was talking to my girlfriend recently about living in Rome and she warned me off the idea massively. What, how do you feel living in Rome? Do you enjoy living in that city? She oh, told I, me I it's love... very chaotic. Yes, I love it, but it's exhausting. Everything okay. uh, is, uh, is exhausting. Like driving is exhausting. Parking is exhausting. <laughs> going places is exhausting. So at the end of the day, you're exhausted. And Romans express... Uh, Exo- exhaustion i don't mm-hmm. know if that's the word yeah, yeah, yeah. with um uh, uh with uh screaming and uh being rude uh, so yeah at the end of the year uh, you, you you were mad uh, for most of the of, of your days but it's uh it's a beautiful city and it's it's nice to live in it it comes with a price mm. yes definitely definitely takes a toll on you do, do you see any parallels uh, between the frustration caused by living in Rome and the frustration caused by supporting AS Roma? Absolutely, yes. They are, <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely it's part of who we are. Uh, we are passionate and frustrated uh, people at the same time. And yes, li- supporting Roma is the same. Every year you're like, okay, I'm giving everything to this team and every year we go home with uh, nothing. But this week, we're going to get to it in a second. This week is a particularly good week to be a Roma fan and to have you here with us. But let's start from the very beginnings, Daniele. So we were talking about it a little bit off mic. What makes you a Roma supporter? Was it in the genes or was it a decision? No, it was uh, it was definitely a decision because I was born in Rome, but I grew up in a different uh, town. It's called uh, L'Aquila. And uh, as um, all the cities around Italy, it's filled with uh, Juve fan, Mil- Milan fan and Inter fan. But I was born in Roma. I had a few Roma friends. And then uh, it was there was Totti in uh, Roma. So it was uh, nice to have an idol. But I don't come from a football family. So, yes, I, I had to do all the work by, by myself. I didn't even watch games when I was a kid. We didn't. We, we didn't have the, 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 the private channels to watch games and I was too, too young to go to bars. So, yeah, I had to do it all by myself and now, now it's fine. Well, I think because for me, growing up, Italian football was always in my house and I kind of fell in love with Totti and Roma were always the Italian team I would watch and follow. 
I'm glad that we've gotten to Totti so early. Why? What do you think it is about him that people just utterly fall in love with him? Because I'm a little bit obsessed with him as well. What do you think it is about him? Not just that he was a great player, but that the city of Rome really is like in love with him. Well, for for Roma fans, it's because he's it, it's it's crazy because it, he's like a, he's different than us. He's different than the Rossi. He's he's mm-hmm. like. Because De Rossi, he's one of us. He's one of us who mm-hmm. made it, who, who gave every, everything for the shirt, for the jersey. And he's one of us. Totti isn't even one of us. Totti is like a, a, a god that came from us and then ascended to a higher level. So it was like <laughs> having this, this, this god in, in our team. And we could watch him every Sunday. It was, it was crazy. And then, of course, yeah, he was born in Roma. Always a Roma mm-hmm. fan. Stayed in Roma. So it was this, uh, this thing. is like, okay, he's one of us. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't one of us anymore. He stayed with us. But for, by his grace, we received beautiful uh, <laughs> football on Sundays. But he was a god amongst humans. And so... That thing became, and he was—he's actually like a nice, normal man, funny, mm-hmm. funny man who can't walk around his own city because uh, people get crazy. But uh, yeah, he's a—he's a—he's a fine man. But to us, he's a—he's a god. It's—it's it's weird. Would it be possible to ever see him at at your podcast, Tintoria? I wish. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think he's—he's. Uh, he, I don't know. He's pretty uh, unreachable, but. Uh, I, I would love to. And you would probably be wearing gloves before you touch him and everything, not to damage the structure. Yes, like I'm this. afraid I, I, I would fanboy too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I would but it was amazing because when he stopped playing, I realized uh, what, what he really meant to me. And, it, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because I think it's unhealthy to idolize someone the way I, I idolized him. It's, it's not... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because he stopped playing. I was, I think, 26, and I couldn't stop crying. I, I, w- I went to the game, and I cried the whole time. The whole time he he was uh, talking to us uh, at the end of the mm-hmm. game uh, through the microphone. And, and Concedetemi un po' di paura, he yes, said. That, 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 that's, that, that, that sentence changed my life. Because like, <laughs> he was a go- like he was Superman, right? So uh, for my entire I don't remember Roma before Totti. And for my entire mm-hmm. life, he was someone that I... I idolized him in a in a very biblical way, like okay. I, yeah, you know what I mean. Like you yeah. shouldn't have a false god. He was my false god, and I didn't even know because if I, every time I thought of him, every time I saw him, all I gave him was was love. I loved him all the time. So if you have something or someone that you only, I don't know how to say, but if you only put love. Uh, in uh, on that person, every time you see that person, every time you hear of that person, you're gonna receive love, just like mm-hmm. God. It, it works the same way, but that's that's not a God. That's a person. So, for my entire life, if he scored, I was happier. On Monday, I went to school. Uh, he he scored a goal. I was like, okay, it's it's a it's a good Monday, and that's that's not a healthy way of living. You shouldn't have an idol of that level. And I think I, I will. I'm sure I'll never have that again. And it will never happen for me. I'm happy it happened. I'm happy I had that. But I'm also happy I, I don't have that anymore. It's a, it's a nice story that, that's over. So the, for our English listeners, what he said, concedetemi un po' di paura, he said, allow me now with a microphone in his hand while our friend Daniele was crying, allow me to feel some fear. And yeah. I guess that for a kid, seeing that guy as a god 
when he says allow me to feel some fear it feels human all of a sudden yes it was crazy like superman is is afraid he has fear so now i need to grow up now i need i don't have that anymore so now i need to be a man and take responsibilities for my life because i don't have someone who is in my eyes perfect and invincible that can take the burden for me it was it was it was really crazy Yes. Well, I feel like, did you watch the, I assume you've watched the Totti documentary, right? I assume you've watched it several times, but I thought the moment they film him in the tunnel before he goes out to make that speech and you see him just sat down and he's having a moment's thought. And I think the, the kind of, you see him there realizing that this is the last moment. Like I, as a kind of partial Roma fan, that video makes me emotional. So I can't imagine how emotional it made you, but I think it is like, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. So you were in the stadium for that. Yes, yes, wow. I was in the stadium, and it was. And of course, uh, Roma is always Roma. So we go there. We need to win uh, to get to the Champions League. First minute, we are down one 0 and we're like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> not, not today, not today." And it was all like then. We are like, "Okay, one one, two one for them," and we are like, "Oh, come on, Roma, don't do this." And then at the end, we we, we made it, and it was yes. But at that moment, uh, when, when I watched the documentary, was uh, yes, I, I cried again during the documentary. Mm-hmm. And also, they, they had um, um, a TV show, like a fiction about that. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I again, but it was, but because for him, he all, all he thinks is to play football, like all, all he has, like he's, he's just a kid, but with a, with a phenomenal football mind. Mm-hmm. And he's still playing. He's playing uh, eight aside. He's in the top level of my same league. Like it's called, I'm in the Serie B, uh, then there's a Serie A, and then there's uh, Elite. uh, I don't know, but it's the same league. Like if if I had a better team, we could could go and eventually play against Totti. It will never happen. But he he plays. He plays eight aside. Sorry, I have a question. Daniele, is it if you had a better team or if your team had a better striker? What's oh, the... no, it's both. Like, we all, <laughs> we all, we all, we all suck. But it's it's fine. We we, are, we enjoy it. But he has a team, and the name of the team is Totti. It's not even Roma. Roma is a different team. And then there's Lazio also as a team in this league. So there's derbies, and then there's Lazio versus Totti. And last year, Lazio won the, won the, the their Scudetto of the eight aside. So... In Roma, he's still uh, mocking Totti, and then Totti's mocking Lazio when he scores against Lazio. In this, uh, uh, it's like this is like crazy serious for like goals no, no, on, no, a, it's, on a it's Wednesday on night. <laughs> yes, you can find highlights on uh, on YouTube. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's super. It's super serious for something that is absolutely not serious at all. I, right. I I just love that he's still playing. Every so often, I remember seeing a video of him scoring a free kick that was like unbelievable, yeah. that went viral and stuff. I just I can't imagine like. You're kind of stretching, warming up, and then you see Totti just strolling onto the pitch. Yeah, like, no, I don't know how I'd react. Like, it's it's crazy that he's still playing, but that that's what he does. Like he he mm. he's here to play football, and he never, you know, some some great players became great coaches, or at least tried to become coaches. Mm. He he never even, I don't think he he knows that much about football. Even like, he's just <laughs> good at it. Like he's just good at football. Mm-hmm. And uh, without much tactic behind it, uh, he's just he was born to to play it. So I was going to ask you about the Scudetto 2001. Of course, it wasn't only Totti. Before we talk about the the that moment, is there any other uh, personality that you really liked in that 2001 Scudetto team? 
Well, I, 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 I'm always, uh, I've always been attracted to strikers. So of course, Batistuta, I, I loved mm. immediately, and I, I used to love him when he played for Fiorentina as well, because that's the, the, the ultimate striker. You know, he just goes there and with a supreme power, he scores. Mm. So yeah, I definitely love uh, Batistuta. And do you think this is a bit of a of a provocative question? But realistically, will anything ever replace the Scudetto 2001 in a Roma fan's heart? No, oh, yeah, sure. Because like for me, you know, I was 10 years old, and uh, my family didn't watch games, so I know we were winning the Scudetto, but I didn't. I I, I only went to the stadium once. A friend of mine brought me to the stadium to watch Roma Fiorentina one 0 but the Suda scores and cries. That was beautiful, but yeah. So for me, like winning a Scudetto now would be better than uh, 2001 mm-hmm. because I was 10. So it feels like it feel, I, I didn't even enjoy it that that much. Then my, my mother brought me to the uh, Circo Massimo uh, to mm-hmm. the huge concert uh, to celebrate the, the the victory. But for me, winning uh, winning again would be would be amazing. It feels like I've been waiting my entire life because I was only mm-hmm. 10 and I. I wasn't there, so I'm I'm still waiting for my scudetto, and uh, you know, it's a long your way. own scudetto. Yeah, for my for my for my <laughs> own. My time hasn't come yet, but um, look, it, it's it, fine. It, it, oh, sorry, because that team was like full of like big names. I think people kind of forget, like because Emerson was in that team, right? Cafu oh, no. played in that uh, team no, as well, was, right? Uh, yes, no, no, it was uh, it was a brilliant team. We were the best team, and the year after we were even better because we were the same team. But Emerson played full time because uh, in uh, mm-hmm. 2001 he was injured a lot, and we had Cassano. So it was it was we the next year we were even better, but yeah, we couldn't do it. We, the, we ended up second. Yeah, so this is something I wanted to ask you about as well because one of my favorite strike partnerships in football of all time is Totti and Cassano. I love going back and watching how they play together. Like, yes. are they your favorite partnership that Roma have had? Like, how much did you enjoy that partnership? Because I thought it was beautiful to watch at times. I loved it. I loved it. It was. It was. It was beautiful, and it is beautiful to go back. And but then it, it has that bittersweet uh, thing mm-hmm. that like it didn't last and. Uh, Cassano went a bit uh, Cassano. <laughs> that's what he's like, right? Yeah, that's what he's like. He's, uh, in, in, uh, Totti also wrote a book, like he wrote a book with uh, someone after he stopped playing. Mm-hmm. But, and he says uh, Cassano is the best player I've ever played with. Because, yeah, he was, he was, he was beautiful. And together they were, they were amazing. They were finding each other at all mm-hmm. times. And they were unstoppable. But it, it only lasted for like two seasons, maybe. And then, uh, then it was over fast, and then he went to Madrid. Then his head was never right. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it a little bit, like when he went back to Sampdoria. I was happy for him that he was amazing. And then, of course, he he stole us as Scudetto. Not 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 stole us, but you know, <laughs> we lost Sampdoria, and we lost a Scudetto in 2010. And so it was it was bad again. But you know, it's it's football. He didn't steal anything. Inter oh, won that Scudetto in, in 2010. Yeah, maybe Inter stole it. Inter stole it. <laughs> what? Okay, we will invite you another time to talk about the beautiful days of the Inter-Roma rivalry, which was a true thing. After very Juventus... very true thing. <laughs> very like true. Every year, Inter did it by like one point, by oh, goal yeah. difference. It was just always a bit was, too much, was, right? 
brutal because every year it was like uh, we played uh, two, uh, twice for the Scudetto, then twice in Coppa Italia, then in the Super Coppa Italiana because only and we we pretty much always lost. And uh, yeah. because you went, I still to hate serve. Inter because of that. Like <laughs> after Lazio and Juventus, which is Corsana, I I hate Inter uh, by far the most. Well, I remember this was crazy, Daniel. I'm sure you remember this. I was watching it from another perspective compared to you. Yeah, sure. But Inter and Roma were fighting for the title on the last match day. Inter were playing away at Parma and Roma were playing away at Catania. Yeah. And at halftime, Inter were drawing nil-nil and Roma were winning, correct? Yes, that's true. So for 45 minutes, you were champions of Italy. <laughs> yes, then... and Ibra came in and scored uh, twice. <laughs> and then Catania was being relegated if they didn't win. And exactly. then Catania being Catania, there was this sort of pitch invasion of Catania fans <laughs> that started to uh, threat the Roma players. were like, yo, if we don't win this, we are, you're not leaving the pitch. And then uh, Inter was winning and then we were like, okay, so we're losing this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the thing was that we... also has this kind of sometimes <laughs> it happens that you need to lose. It's, it's, a color, it's a colorful country, Italy. We've yeah, talked about. Uh, we had a special episode in which we talked about um, uh, Palermo's president uh, Zamparini some time ago. Yes. So our listeners are aware of our uh, national football. But uh, I wanted to ask you one thing about Cassano. Are you into what his current project uh, alongside uh, uh, Christian Vieri? Uh, I don't. I don't watch that a lot. Sometimes I get uh, clips on uh, YouTube, but it, it, sometimes it's interesting. They have nice guests, and it's. I, I love uh, um, hearing uh, former football players talking mm-hmm. about football because they, they know they know what's up. They they know they, they know how to talk about it, and uh, they understand uh, things that we don't understand. But sometimes they, they are too rhetorical. Uh, they are too. Uh, fixated on, on some mm. things and sometimes they, they say simply stupid things. Even if you're a former player, you can you can have a stupid opinion and sometimes you're like, come on. Especially Antonio Cassano. He has, yes. Cassano, yeah. he has a tendency to find the <laughs> bullshit to really leverage on. Yes. Um, but mm. let's get to this season, Daniele. So, yeah. we, you hate Inter Milan and I yeah. love it. But we have something in common, finally. A yes. man named Jose Mourinho. Now, I want to hear what was your first reaction when you heard that he had been appointed at Ro- as Roma's manager? Uh, no, I was I was excited. I was super excited, and all all my friends were were excited because like it's been it's been a long time since, uh, as you know, it's been a very long time since uh, <laughs> since the Inter days, and uh, during these years uh, we were like, okay, you know who we would like Mourinho, someone that you can uh, live and die for. You're like, the man that that you follow. Because we need that in Rome, because we we are, um, we, we tend to get uh, crazy and to hate uh, our coach and our team pretty fast, and uh, so you, you need someone uh, who has the resume to you know to say shut the fuck up and uh, and listen to me. So we were, we were we were very excited. I was very excited when uh, when Mourinho came, and maybe too excited because uh, then the season started and first five games uh, we get five wins, and after that it's been uh, it's been rough. We 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 play bad football, and uh, I know we won the derby, but we Roma is not good this year. Roma is not a good team. We we play uh, shitty football, and uh, and it sucks. It sucks that you you watch the game and you're like, uh, yeah, we're we're not doing anything. 
And uh, yes, now we, we it seems like uh, defense is getting a little bit better, but on offense, uh, sometimes you're like, there's no way we can score. We are not doing anything to score. Mm -hmm. So uh, with any other coach, uh, he would have been sacked a long time ago. Because it's Mourinho, he still has time. He He's going to be here next year for sure, and hopefully next year we're going to be a little bit better. Is it something that's like very important to Roma fans, like how beautiful the football is you play? Because I think there's some clubs where it doesn't, like Juventus, I think they don't give a shit how they play. They just want to win. Like, is it important in general to Roma fans how beautiful the football is? Well, not not really, <laughs> not really. No, but even even in, in Juventus, like they don't care. But uh, as long as they win, and even when they win, they're like, "Oh, we should play better." They're, they're mm. a they are a whole different animal. You know, being a Juve fan is weird. Yeah. I have uh, so many U Juve fan friends, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's a whole different thing. I don't know how you can do that, but oh, I don't know. <laughs> Yes, it's 20 million of them in Italy, so you can do it somehow, I guess. <laughs> so many of them. No, but for us, no, we don't care. If we play shitty and uh, we win, we are more than happy. Give me, give me 31-0 to us. I don't care. Okay. When, when Inter Milan won the Scudetto with Mourinho in 2010 and we had Ranieri, we were like we were playing out of luck, and I, we were the happiest uh, fans in the world. That sometimes we won, we didn't even know how we were. <laughs> no, I remember, I remember yeah. the football at Roma was beautiful uh, under Spalletti, the yes. first uh, Spalletti stint with uh, Aquilani, Totti, and all the likes. Tadei, Pizzaro, yeah, that's Tadei. What a player! Yeah, yes, yeah, that's my favorite Roma of all time because yeah, that's those are. The high school years when I went, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I started to you know buy uh, tickets to go watch the Roma in the Champions League, and I went on a bus alone from L'Aquila to Roma to watch uh, the game, and I and I loved it. I loved the Roma. It was beautiful, you know, with the with uh, and of course I, I I'm a bit of a Totti fan, but you can only play that with the Totti because yes, <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> Totti falso nueve. Yeah, not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast, but a little bit outside of the box, uh, and then with uh, three three quartista behind him, mm -hmm. and you give him the ball all the time, and he either shoots or or sets him up, and it was it was beautiful, beautiful, unpredictable. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I really loved it. So you're on top of a cliff. You have to throw one down, Fonseca or Mourinho. No, I'll throw Fonseca. I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> I don't care about Fonseca. And also, Mourinho is uh, the is a Roma coach now, so I, I will support him, no matter what. So, what should be Roma's objectives from now to the end of the season? And it will actually be two questions for me this time. I wanted to ask you about this mysterious new competition, the Conference League. Have you been watching it? Is it exciting? Is it fun? Do you what wish Roma to win it? Uh, yeah, the, the Inter Milan fan called uh, the mysterious competition. <laughs> <laughs> what a competition. It's the third European competition. Yes, of course I've been watching. Mysterious it. because it's new, because we, we, we didn't true, have it true. before. No, I have to say, when I first saw the uh, last summer the list of the teams that were in it, I didn't recognize one. Mm -hmm. they were, they were, like it's not even you know sometimes you play Europa even Spurs you, even Spurs no okay Spurs of course were, there were some teams that were like I never heard of it because it, sometimes in Europa League you go to Kazakhstan you're like okay but but at this point I know the 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 first uh, 
Kazakhstan team, but they, this is like the fourth uh, Azerbaijan team. Like, who, what the fuck is this? Who are these? Two? And and, then, and I oh, I was also like, who the fuck is Bodo Glimt? And then <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you. So let's double up again. This is another question. So what are hope the hopes for Roma until the end of the season? What do you think of the Conference League? And tell us your Bodo Glimt experience because I'm very excited about this one. Okay, luckily I, I didn't see the 6-1 game because I was working, so I, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch the 6-1 game and, and all my friends what were miserable. Such a shame. Yeah, no, they were miserable. On WhatsApp, I was like, okay, let's uh, let's see. And then after 3-1, I was like, okay, let's not even check the phone because <laughs> it, feels, uh, it feels bad. No, but uh, for I, I like the Conference League. I mean, uh, you know, we are in it, uh, and it's uh, it's a European competition. We mm. haven't won a trophy in uh, 10 years, 11 years, so it would be great to win it. It's super hard because now we're playing Bodo again, and I, I think <laughs> we, we can beat Bodo. It's like it's funny that we're playing again with the team that beat us 6-1, but it's okay. We, we can beat Bodo. But even if we do after that, it's uh, Marseille. Like mm-hmm. we, we really are not playing a good football, so it's gonna be really hard. We need to get really lucky to to win this one. But it would be it would be amazing to, to win a trophy because it's been uh, it's been more than ten years, I think. It's uh, yeah. Well, with this current squad, so you've got quite an influx of English players at the moment, and I find it quite interesting. Not many yes. English players play abroad and all of a sudden a lot of them play at Roma so it started with Ashley Cole all that time ago right yes with... he came here to you know to retire basically yeah. <laughs> I don't he think that was a successful no no he was bad he was bad I I, I, I always loved the English national team mm-hmm. because I, I start to I, I was I was in love with David Beckham and Michael okay. Owen yes I had a few English idols, and then Rooney, and then Gerard. So I, I and I, I used to play Revolution Soccer back in the days. Okay, and I nice. Put, uh, uh, England as my international team. So I, I, I really, uh, I really love the uh, English national team. So now to have uh, English players, when Ashley Cole came, I was happy. But then okay. he really, he really played bad. But I'm, I'm really happy that uh, Abraham is here. So like, with Tammy Abraham, I think everyone in England kind of kind of knew there was a player in there, but he hadn't really had much opportunity at Chelsea. It hadn't really worked out for him. Did you expect him to be as successful as he's been? And what do you think, like, how do you think his season's going? Well, the season is going great. I, I'm always in the negative. So when he came, I was like, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna suck. But, uh, <laughs> and, and at first he couldn't score. Like he was yeah. really unlucky, but he couldn't score. Sometimes you're like, okay, just put it in, and he didn't do it. But now, now he he's got his rhythm, and the team is playing for him a little more. He's got definitely has got his confidence, mm-hmm. which probably he didn't have at Chelsea because also I think if you if you grow up uh, if you yeah if you grow up in a team. And then you, you you're put in the first squad, and they're like, okay, so now we ex- it's Tammy. Let's uh, I hope Tammy is the greatest player ever, but you need time. Mm-hmm. Now in, in Italy, he has uh, you know he has the, the the freedom to make mistakes, and then uh, you mm-hmm. know we always support him no matter what. So yeah, it's I think it's definitely good for him. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing him here. And there's one more player I'm going to ask about because he is obviously on loan from Arsenal. And yeah. I think he's a very complicated player. I love Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I think he plays like he's playing in the league with Totti, right? He plays like he's playing in a street league on Tuesday yes. night. What do you think of him? Because I really enjoy playing him, but from what I'm getting, he's not had a great start. No, no, he, he has not. But I, I, for some reason, I like him. Mm-hmm. But it's just me, I have to say. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, he, yeah, no, the the the, the fullbacks uh, is is a problem because Cars therapy is okay. Midland Knights mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, what are you doing? And then on the left, the Spinazzola hasn't <laughs> hasn't come back. Like I I forgot. Where about is him. he? <laughs> no, I don't know, he, we we lost him. Like this often happens when a player gets injured in Rome. They yes. go at Roma, they go to the medical facility, and then they just disappear for yes. months, <laughs> years. Yes. So the, the thing I do with uh, Spinazzola is that I don't even consider him a Roma player until he, he comes back. Like, okay. until he can prove differently, I, I, I think he has stopped playing football. And then uh, Vigna, Vigna, I think he couldn't play with me in my, in my team. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he sucks. Like, he's a, he's a bad football player. And uh, but now we have uh, Zelensky. Zelensky is is nice. He's yeah, 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Roma fan. We love him already, and that's bad for him because that's the thing with uh, Roma that if we love you, that's a problem because then we expect you like okay, we love you. That means you are Roberto Carlos, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you're just a 19 years old kid who's not Roberto Carlos, who's doing his best, who needs time to improve, and we don't give you that. So we love you. You are an idol. And right now you're king of uh, king of Rome because we won the derby and you played played great. But now we expect you to be great all the time, and, and that doesn't happen. Like it, it it happened with Totti, and that's it. And now we expect for everyone to be like, okay, now now be phenomenal every time. And that's bad for players. Be the Polish Totti from now on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have a first question from our listeners. Since you were talking, we were talking about young players. Uh, our friend from the Hopeless Wanderer podcast says, "Roma have a number of promising young talents. Are there any we should look out for?" I used to like Darbo, but now Mourinho is not playing in him anymore. But he was he was nice last year. He was calm and he could. He could handle the ball. He knew how to pass, when to pass, when to keep the ball, when to hold the ball. So I, I really liked him. But then, uh, yeah, Mourinho is weird with uh, young players. If he doesn't like you, you're you're out. Yeah, he yeah, Villar was given a kick in the yeah. ass. Yes, I, <laughs> of, course, of course, I had him in fantasy football because last <laughs> year I saw him and I said, I, to me, he's a very good player. And then I, I have never seen a treatment like the one that Villar was reserved. So I follow him from the Instagram page of our podcast. Yes. And after that Bodo Glimt game, it all became very dark on his Instagram. He started yes. posting, hey guys, do you think I should go back to university? <laughs> he started, Dude, right now he's playing in Spain, but he's also studying in university. I don't know what Mourinho did to him. No, no, I don't know either, but he was out. And we loved him, like the, the supporters. We, we really liked uh, Villar. And I think he, he liked it here. He liked mm. it here. And uh, after the, we won the derby, he posted uh, Forza Roma or something like that. But yeah, if Mourinho doesn't like you, you you're out. You're never gonna play. So yeah, I would say Darbo. Darbo is interesting. Darbo is a, is an interesting one. And, Good uh, one. 
Yes. And uh, another question that we have is realistic goals for Mourinho from here to the end of the season. What uh, should Roma do from here to the end of the season? Try and win the Conference League because uh, we are we are there. We we might mm-hmm. as well try. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, yeah, we have to be in uh, Europe. Probably uh, pre- uh, preferably, uh, preferiblemente Europa League uh, next year and not Conference League. The Champions League is uh, too far away for us. Mm. And, and not the- play- playing like this, you can get in the top four. And from our friend Stevie Wonder, 1984, which realistic, between brackets, realistic signings would you like to see in the summer at AS Roma? You know, I have no idea because I don't know how the market works anymore. Like, I don't understand uh, money in football. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. So sometimes uh, you spend 80 million and then uh, two months uh, after they tell you, hey, but you're broke. What are you doing? And you're like, oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. You sell everybody. <laughs> and so I don't know. Like, because who... I, I, don't, I don't understand money in football anymore. It's like, okay, a team can buy this player. And then I also... How much a player is uh, is valued? That's stupid. Also, because sometimes you see shitty player go for sixty million, and then you see phenomenal players go for sixty million as well. And you're like, okay, so what's what's going on here? Well, Juventus are being investigated for that at the moment. So <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> there is an investigation course. going on. No, but I would like you know, there's there's a few. You know, Raspadori, Frattesi and Scamacca, they are still partially mm-hmm. ours, I think. And uh, they're playing nice in Sassuolo, so we could get one of them back. And yes, I, one of them, I would say, I would think. And then, you know, because also I would like for Spinazzola to be back. Uh, but uh, who knows? You know, you know what's crazy? Um, Ericsson came back before Spinazzola. <laughs> that's a very good yes, point they went out at the same tournament and Eriksen came back before Spinazzola Eriksen almost died now we can say it because he's back yeah and yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He, he experienced death and he's back and Spinazzola is not so you know, you know what I mean you have I've just never given... really put the two together. Yeah, yeah, you have just given us our episode <laughs> title. That's perfect. <laughs> Ericsson <laughs> came back before Spinazzola. Yeah, I'm That's... so happy for Ericsson. And we all are. Yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. The other one is a, is a normal injury and he's not back yet. That's because crazy. he's at the Roma Medical Facility. Yeah, that's, that's where true. the magic happens. <laughs> Witchcraft of some kind. <laughs> uh, before we get to the, to the funnier questions that we were asked by our listeners... Since you're a comedian, um, I wanted to ask you, do you have any comedic Roma moment you have experienced in your life besides Bodoglim to six Roma one? Oh, my God. Uh, so comedic. Um, I bet with a friend of mine uh, that Roma would uh, go through against Bar- Barcelona before uh, we won 3-0. So <laughs> I, bet, I bet a thousand euros. Oh, and I, and I, 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 because it, you know it was impossible, so I, I was drunk with a friend of mine, and he was like, you know, he's like, we're gonna do it because I, I went to, to the game. I was like, I'm going because we're gonna do it, but I didn't believe it. I, I didn't. <laughs> Did you say so, a thousand euros? Yeah, no. He was like, okay, so if we if we win, I'll give you a thousand euros, and if they win, you give me one euro. And I was like, yeah, deal. And we 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 made a video, of course. Another drunk friend of mine made a video. So Holy I have shit. video proof of this battle. And so I, I'm at the game with a friend of mine. And then uh, we're winning one, two, three. 
and it's crazy, you know, it's it's crazy. And then the speakers say, okay, we're going through the Champions League semi-final. I never happened in my life that Roma mm. went to the Champions League. So I will, it was insane. And I was like, oh shit, I I won a thousand euros. And, and I called him uh, from, from the from the stadium. Ah, you owe me a thousand euros. And then of course I he never gave me the thousand euros. One drink. Yes, I was there, but yes. He bet a thousand euros and there's a video of it. There's a video of he betting a thousand euros and I won. But I, I couldn't believe it. It was yes. That's an insane moment to be there for, like that man or last goal. Like, how was that one of the best atmospheres you've experienced at the at the Olympico? Definitely, definitely, because you know we we were there. We lost four one in the in the first leg, and we were like, okay, this is this is over. But uh, well, once you're there, you're like, we're here. We we mm-hmm. might as well uh, support the team. And then Jacko scores right away. And a friend of mine was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Now we have to believe in it." <laughs> and so, you know, we just start believing in it, and then uh, the Rossi scores, and now, now you're into it. And then they couldn't, they couldn't play. Juan Jesus stopped Messi, and Messi couldn't do anything against Juan Jesus. It was, it was crazy. And then three uh, 0 and uh, you know, it was, it, it was insane. Uh, yeah, that's one of the best. Uh, of the most exciting moments mm. live I saw that and then I was in 2010 uh, Roma Inter when we won uh, and Tony scores and uh, we, we came only one uh, point below Inter in 2010 that was the other game that was insane we were like okay something something is happening it's happening yeah was it at the San Siro or at the Olimpico 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 alright yes and it, those were but it said that Best two moments live I saw is they they gave us nothing in the silver <laughs> world. The most like, oh, so close. That's the craziest <laughs> when we came so close. The most crazy. boring game of football I have ever watched at the San Siro was Inter Roma when Gasperini and Luis Enrique were managers. Yes. It was one of those humid, cold nights in Milan. It ended nil-nil. And there was, I think, one combined shot on target throughout yeah. the 90 minutes. It was <laughs> terrible, absolutely terrible. Yes. Um, but since we were talking about the Olimpico and in your podcast, Tintoria, you often ask your guests, uh, what is the weirdest place they've ever taken a shit on a night out? Have yeah. you ever tried the toilet at the Olimpico Stadium? Uh, yeah, yes, but not to take a shit. No, <laughs> you'd have to be brave you'd have to be very yeah, brave no, because, i think yeah, you, you, that that's a story it's <laughs> definitely a story but no it, it never happened yet i mean it's gonna happen eventually because one thing that that changed now that I, when i go to the stadium now uh instead of uh before the the the, the pandemic hit uh it's that you know now i'm 31 now i go to the games and i have to uh get up to pee like five times in the game. Yep. Before that, it was fine. I was like, okay, the game is on. So I'm, yeah. I'm watching the game. Now, after 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Because you have three beers. Now I'm 31. I'm like, okay, I need to go. It's I know yeah. it's the game. The game is on, but I still need to pee. <laughs> it wasn't like that before. So yeah, I'm visiting the Olympico toilets. Much quite more. often. Well, yeah. maybe <laughs> if anything, taking a shit at the Olympico would be good for a stand-up comedy bit. I'm sure a story yes. would come out of it. <laughs> Definitely. Sure. Um, all right, Rory. Any other questions for Daniele while I retrieve our fans' questions? 
there's one thing that stood out to me about Roma, and I think they have a club. They're a club that has a good, like, they seem to have a good social conscience, right? They seem to be very conscious of how they appear and how they can help. And one thing that really impresses me is whenever you sign a new player, um, you use it as an opportunity to highlight lost, like, children that have gone missing. Like, is that something that makes you proud of your club? And what does it say about Roma as a club? I think it's incredible. No, I think it's nice. It's good that they do it, and because it it works. Like mm-hmm. people, people, lost people have been found because of of that. So that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think it 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 adds something to it that you're doing a, a good thing. It definitely adds something. And then of course, you know, they make memes about it. So uh, like, oh, we signed someone, and then instead of the lost person, there's the, you know Villar, and it's like, oh. <laughs> Which is which is just fun, you know. The, everything is is made fun of, of course. But no, no, I, I think I think it's nice. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And uh, yes, I I am proud of it. You know, when, when they find when they actually find someone because of that, and because mm-hmm. when you see, you're like, okay, this is football, so maybe it's stupid to attach something to it. But then someone is found because of that post. You're like, okay, so someone found their husband, their son because of that. That's that's good. That's good. Because it's it's something that like I see now. We're gonna actually talk about Lazio, I suppose, but they're a club that very much <laughs> attract the opposite kind of headlines as opposed to positive headlines. Is it something that an extra little thing to dig at them? Like we do good things whilst maybe your your club well, isn't as famous for doing these things. You know, but you you can't as as a, as a supporter, you you can't really we can't really claim the good things that uh, the the the. The, the, the club, the club okay. is, you know, so but yeah, I definitely to my Lazio friends, I I attack them for being the fascist, uh, <laughs> and and I have to say, uh, every a lot of ultras uh, group are fascist in Italy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, ultras group in Rome are fascist, but in Lazio is like it's almost like a brand, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's taken way too far. It's always too far, but they take it way, way too far. It's like something that, but and and my friends who support Lazio aren't fascist. But when you're there, and uh, you know everything, everyone is doing the the how do, how do you call it, the saluto romano. It, it yeah, feels yeah. weird. You the know? salute, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels it feels weird. It, it is it is strange that they have this uh, identity. And I, I'm I'm actually sorry for my friends who aren't. Mm-hmm. who support Lazio and then uh, but you're you're attached to this uh, to this team. Look, Daniele, I will say it out my teeth. In this podcast, 50% is Giallo Rosso if they have to choose another Italian team and that would be Rory. And if I had to pick another Italian team that wasn't Inter, I would go for Lazio. Definitely not because of the political ties. <laughs> yeah, let's just put that in there. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just have to say it. I just have to say it. But this, this leads to another question by Pepe, Pepe underscore Mormile or more mile, I don't know. Se sotto tortura, I will read it in Italian and translate it in English. Se sotto tortura ti chiedessero di cambiare squadra del cuore, quale sceglieresti? If you were under torture and they forced you to change your club, which club would you pick? So if if it it has to be Italian or any... uh, If it it, it has to be Italian and a top, uh, you know, a a top team, I would maybe go for... uh, Torino, because if I have to suffer, I'd be like, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is yes, definitely suffering. Yeah, I, 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 really suffer. <laughs> I could easily be a spiteful Toro fan. Yes, yes, that's easy. You know, you're and there, the- you, you hate all the time. You're like, ah, fuck. 
every every Saturday. Come on. Yeah. And I, what about the international team? Um, if it outside of Italy, I, you know, I like in England. I like Chelsea. I have to say. Oh. Uh, yes, sorry. <laughs> I, like, I like Chelsea. And, uh, this is the moment of the podcast where we piss each other off. I said that I like Lazio. Yeah, no, we're like just Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always, for some reasons, then this is. I like the team that's the the the, the furthest from Roma. I I, I always like like the Real Madrid, and Real Madrid, you know, is the is the Juventus of the of Europe. <laughs> they, they, it feels like they're supposed to win. They think that they're supposed to win every year, and uh, but I I always like the Real Madrid. I don't know why, but yeah, I like I like Madrid. Beautiful stuff. And Daniele, one of the last questions. We keep saying one of the last questions, but then we keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you definitely one of the last. It's You see, I wanted to ask you, I actually listened to a few episodes quite recently because you had uh, quite a short-lived football podcast alongside the comedian Luca Ravenna. The pod name was uh, Tintoria ISS Pro 98. Yes. It, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Why did you guys uh, quit? I'm assuming that you're both very busy with your job and everything, but are there any yes. other reasons? No, no, yeah, we couldn't keep it up. So we're like, okay, if we can, if we can't do it right, we will, we will stop. So that's why. No, it was, it was fun though. It was fun. I love that the last episode that you recorded uh, features what happened at the Olimpico when the Glasgow supporters uh, mimicked the, the Lazio supporters by holding yes. one of their fans down from the feet. That was pretty yes. hilarious. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> That was quite fun. Um, and all right, let's get to the to the stupid questions. Um, so in his podcast, the Tintoria, Daniele often asks the guest who is their favorite foreign dictator. Now <laughs> you have a question that is similar to the one that you ask, but it's a little more complicated. If you have to choose a 20th century dictator in a battle like it was a Pokemon, who would you choose? So you That's get out the Pokeball, you scream his name, he comes out and he fights Charizard, let's say. <laughs> okay. No, it's, that's a good question. I like... Um, and I here, like... Daniele, it doesn't say foreign. Dictator. Yes, yes. That's it doesn't right. say foreign, right? <laughs> so I'm going straight to Mussolini. <laughs> because I think, you know, of all the... Like, I, I, want, I want my, my Pokemon dictator to win, right? So I imagine if, so, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one, 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 yes, if we're playing, we're playing to win. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, li I like his chances against other, other, other Pokemons and other dictators too, because you know he was, he was actually a, a killer. Like you know, he, <laughs> he fought, he fought uh, in the war. He was, he was a bad man. He could, he could kill someone. So. If he's, you, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's not like Kim Jong Un. Like yes, I'm pretty sure Kim Jong Un can't handle himself. Like. And beat Hitler up anytime. Come on, <laughs> yeah, I, I like even my chances against Hitler. I think. He's not the strongest uh, of the dictators. I mean, what, what do you Stalin, think would Stalin be? Was, uh, Stalin was, I think, uh, was, was a. a big guy. guy. I think it was a kind of short, so you can yeah, you have I have a longest reach Mussolini. <laughs> yes. so what like what do you think? What do you think would be uh, your Pocky Mussolini's attack against the Charizard? You know that you can select an attack. What would be his <laughs> special attack? 
That's nice. That's um, that's that's hard because he he didn't have uh, Purga. Any moves. Yes, <laughs> he, he, all, all, most of his moves were actually bad. He was like you know, yeah, maybe self destruction. It's like you know, <laughs> one of those moves. And it's like you okay. Let's make an alliance with Germany, and then you both get damaged by this. <laughs> He, yeah, he he makes an alliance with Charizard, and then they yes. both die. And then they both die. Yeah, that's that's the move. But in that, the end, that, you that, as that as a Pokemon move. trainer, you win in the end because you defeated the enemy. Yeah, and that's that's a nice metaphor for Italy. Mussolini allies with Germany, then we both <laughs> lose, but then we are at least freed of. <laughs> and some people even argue that we are on the winning side of the war. But that's yes. for another time. No, no, but uh, I claim a, a draw. Like for, <laughs> we, we draw World War Two. It's a draw. Like, yeah, like the Amer- like like the Americans do with Vietnam. There, are, there is also that. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of a draw, right? Yeah, yeah you you exactly. tell yourself whatever makes you sleep at night. Exactly. Um, all right, and we've gotten to the final question. By the time our listeners are listening to this interview, we all know Italy's fate towards the World Cup. We will know whether Italy are going to play the final against Portugal or not. But at the moment of recording, it's a Thursday afternoon, hours before the game. Daniele, this podcast is known for wrong predictions only. But you don't have to put the effort into making it wrong. Just say what your heart feels. You're on the Anglo-Italian pod. It's probably going to be wrong. I like a 3-3. But but we don't do anything with a 3-3. 3-3 and then uh, we we advance to the finals in the extra time. Yes. Like 3-3. And that's wrong for sure because <laughs> the game is going to suck. I, I, that's one thing that, that I know is that the game is going to suck. It's going to be a shitty, shitty game tonight and uh, 3-3 is not going to happen. But hey, I like, I like our chances. 3-3 and then in extra time uh, we go through. I'm excited. Good. And I'm do excited. you think? And do you think that in a in a final against Portugal slash Turkey, we could go to the World Cup? No, we're fucked. We're never. We'll <laughs> never see the World Cup again. The, the Euros were a miracle. It's never gonna happen again. You see, You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Daniele, just a quick question for any listeners who would like to see you live in Italy doing what you do best, the stand-up comedy. Um, where can they find you? Are you currently on tour with a show? I am uh, on tour with the show. And if you have uh, listeners in Perugia and Florence, I have very good news for them. <laughs> because <laughs> on the last day of March, I'm in Perugia. And then the 1st of April, I'm in Florence. But uh, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at San Daniele Tinti. And uh, I put all my stuff there. Beautiful. Rory, anything to add? Well, I think that's it. That was, that was great. I think that's it. A little bit of a totty. I think the totty bit t- took up most uh, of the podcast. But uh, that was we, can, we can do 11 episodes on totty. <laughs> next time. Next okay. time we'll do a totty special, right? Okay, great. Thank you so much, Daniele, for coming on. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, there we go. I finally got to talk about totty with someone who was there to witness the man, someone who, like, worshipped at the altar of Totti. What an interview. I really enjoyed it, Tommy. I really enjoyed it.
yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Daniele, thank you again for agreeing to come on. Uh, it's never easy to get somebody big on the podcast. You are super kind. Whenever you want to come back, of course, you are welcome. Definitely, you're coming back when and if Roma win the Conference League. I do believe that we've gone, we've come to the end of the episode. I will remind you to follow us on Instagram at AngloItalianPod and on Twitter at ItalianAngloPod. And also to give a cheeky little follow to our sponsor at the Sports Club Maps. I'm going to forget about football for a second, but I'm going to see you again on Monday night for our Euro, uh, Monday Euro Review live stream on YouTube and Twitch. Have a good footballing weekend, and I'm going to leave it to Rory to send you off with our customary end of the episode quote. And it comes from, it is not picking apart Italy. It is coming from Gareth Bale and his statement to the press. It's quite long, guys, but bear with me. I think it brings up some really interesting points. So, the Daily Mail shining a light on this piece of slanderous derogatory and speculative journalism by Marker. At a time where people are taking their own lives because of the callousness and relentlessness of the media, I want to know who is holding these journalists and the news outlets that allow them to write articles like this accountable. Fortunately, I've developed a thick skin during my time in the public spotlight, but that doesn't mean articles like these don't cause damage and upset personally and professionally to those at the receiving end of these malicious stories. I have witnessed the toll that the media can take on people's mental and physical health. The media expects superhuman performances from professional athletes and will be the first to celebrate with them when they deliver. Yet instead of commiserating with them when they show an ounce of human error, they are torn to shreds instead, encouraging anger and disappointment in their fans. The everyday pressures on athletes is immense, and it's as clear as day how negative media attention could easily send an already stressed athlete or anybody in the public eye over the edge. I hope that by the time our children are of an age where they are able to ingest news, the journalism ethics and standards will have been enforced more stringently. So I want to use my platform to encourage change in the way we publicly talk about and criticize people, simply for the most part, not meeting the often unrealistic expectations that are projected onto them. We all know who the real parasite is. Thank you for listening, guys. We're with you, Gareth. See you on Monday.